0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Hands Off The Merchandise on BBG Wrestling. It is my extreme honour to be joined this week by the director and producer of You May Be Pretty But I Am Beautiful, the Adrian Street Story, which is available on Google Play, Prime Video Spectrum and other platforms coming soon. I am with Joanne Randalls. Hello, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm okay. It, it's kind of a weird thing to be able to chat to uh, like a filmmaker, especially someone involved in wrestling who isn't American. So I really enjoy not having to do this at, like three in the morning, uh, which oh, is same like...
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How was that for you? Like, did you find yourself uh, working twenty four seven on this? Did you get much sleep? Uh, to be.
1: To be honest with you, the nature of the business is very much like that anyway, um, so I'm kind of used to it. So, yeah, it's it's fine, although there has been a few issues with time zones where people have wanted to interview me, say at like 12 o'clock, and obviously 12 o'clock UK time at lunch is very different to 12 o'clock in the US. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, people... People definitely don't realise that. Um, and but the thing is as well though, the people that want to speak to you are like worldwide international celebrities, so you can't yeah. say no. <laughs> you just have to have a coffee and just you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, just before we went on air, because with someone like Adrian who has such a rich uh, and long history as well, I I did I just kind of assumed that you may have been older. You know, like, I, I wasn't sure what kind of to expect when speaking to you, but you are like a, a young director who has recently kind of got into wrestling as well. So how yeah. did the, what is your background in uh, directing and producing? And also when did, uh, when did wrestling come into your life?
1: Well, for starters, I've been involved in film and TV for, very, very, very long time, uh, pretty much almost half my life. Uh, So I started out as a a 15-year-old on work placement, um, and I've kind of been hooked ever since with working in the film and TV industry. So, um, yeah, I've been a professional freelancer now for a good, oh gosh, about 12 years, Um, working on various productions for network television as a self-shooting producer-director. I've worked in lighting and vision, um, I also work as a professional photographer as well for some of the stuff that I do. Uh, so yeah, I've been, I've been involved in film, TV and the arts for a very, very long time. So, um, this sort of thing is more of a, the next step you could say in my career, as opposed to something that I'm completely new to. Um, uh, it wasn't something that I just sort of fell into university with and just popped out the other side, wanting to have a career in film. So yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's been a sort of a lifelong, um, Passion of mine, you could say. Uh, and with regard to wrestling, yes, I'm very, very new to wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> very new to wrestling. Um, until I met Adrian, the only wrestling that I would watched was with my brother. Um, and those were the days of, you know, The Undertaker and The Rock and all of that kind of thing. So um, my brother's six years younger than me. <laughs> so, yes, yes, uh, wrestling is, uh, as I say, very new to me. Um, but Adrian's story was just, it's just so captivating. It's a, it's a story more than wrestling. And I think that's kind of what drew me to him. Um, it was, it was more about his passion and belief for wanting to pursue his dreams and just, you know, completely going against the grain. And in that, I kind of thought, you know what, there's just something here. There's something here. And it's not just about wrestling. It's, you know, anybody can relate to that. If anybody's ever had a dream or something that they've ever wanted in life I think that they could relate to Adrian's story and I think as I say that's that's kind of what initially drew me to him um, and made him so compelling more than anything else.
0: There's there's definitely a a beauty in those kind of uh, stories that have the ability to be able to inspire and motivate and, and can also potentially reach a wider audience as well because, like you say, it's... it. I, I don't want to give away, like, too much about what the... You know, because it's a film about his life, uh, so yeah. it, there's no spoilers as such. But it's, like, <laughs> it's a very entertaining uh, story, but I don't want to, like, get into, like, the specifics of it as such because everyone needs to check it out because it really is wonderful. And, like, so well-researched as well. Um, yeah. But the... um. Some of my favorite, uh, say, books or documentaries that have come out about wrestling have... That has For me, I love it when there's a, a positive element to it because there are so many documentaries and books that have come out that have revolved around the more negative sides of wrestling. And yeah. um, you get, like, a bit of... T- and I know that is a, an important part of it, but, um, you know, the thing that I took away from this is how... Proud he is, uh, quite rightly, of his career and
1: yeah
0: how much more he meant to pop culture as well, not just yeah. wrestling, but also the fact that he was able to come out of wrestling healthy and happy and fulfilled as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's a testament to his career uh, and to his personality. He, he's, you know, I wanted to do something that really was coming from Adrian directly. I didn't want to sort of. None of this, nothing in this documentary has been me spinning anything. It's been completely, as I say, Adrian's word. I wanted it to be him telling his story in the most candid way possible and to involve his friends, you know, family or the close ones who know him um, to be able to sort of share in that because there's just so many people who even I've met and I've had to kind of explain that no Adrian's story is true as unbelievable as it is (laughs) and as remarkable as it is and colorful and everything else. No, it's true. He, he paved the way for so much beyond, um, you know, wrestling in terms of the entertainment industry, you know, he, he is a unique individual. And I think for me, um, he is almost a forgotten hero in that sense. And I think, you know, Adrian's turning 80. in. Wow, I, I didn't so, know, you know that. Wow, so, you know, his, okay. his career and he's so, you know, as I say, he and Miss Linda are a force of nature in their own right. And I think that for me, it was quite important to get something out there now um, that really sort of brought back uh, his story, brought it back into the limelight again because he deserves it ultimately. And, and like I say, he's paved the way for so many people, uh, not just in the wrestling business. And I think that that's as a filmmaker, it's really important to try and find these stories um, to bring them back to the forefront again for people to kind of watch and enjoy. And it's definitely something, as I say, I'm 32. I didn't know of Adrian Street before, you know, I randomly came across him. And I think that that's, you know, as a, as, as I say, as a young person relating to this story, I think, you know, then it's relatable across the board, uh, not just for wrestlers, but for anybody that has a dream that just wants to go out there and do it, just, you know, it's one of those really I'd like to think that's really uplifting and people can take away something from it that's just more than just Adrian's story um yeah it's a it's one of those it's been a pleasure to work on <laughs> you could say oh, I'm learning I'm learning something new every day about Adrian there was a lot that we uh, <laughs> that we wanted to include in the documentary um but as I say Adrian's life is you know his career has spanned so many years um for me it was more important to try and sort of condense down and get to the nooks and cranny of like, you know, what has made Adrian who he is as we know him today. Everybody knows the sort of the more modern day kind of stuff, but I sort of wanted to go back, take it right back to his beginnings and just sort of go from there just to that point where he made it into the States and what he's done. That that, for me, that was kind of the most important part of um, putting together a film. So yeah, there's been a lot of cutting darlings you could say throughout (laughs) this process.
0: (laughs) The thing is, as well, with I mean, if you just look at Adrian's time with World of Sport, um, there are World of Sport documentaries that, like, BBC has shown. Um, mm-hmm. there are DVDs of like Best of World of Sport, and Adrian seems to kind of have been left off these for whatever reason. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, the it they kind of make way for like the big daddies, the rollerball Rockos, the Mick yeah. McManus, the ones that kind of, I guess, hit the mainstream more in the UK. Um, in terms of like you know because once even when world sport ended you had your your cat weasels etc showing up on game shows and stuff like yeah. that um yeah. and you know I think that Adrian was always I, again I don't know why and there is a lot to cover but Adrian was kind of left out of that so for him to yeah. have his own documentary which is like entirely well deserved um you know is is a great thing and um, with when it comes to like sort of wanting to make a, a film about Adrian, yeah. how do you go into it? I mean, how like were you aware of the wealth of material that would be out there, the stories, and I mean, as albums, all that kind of thing, because they provide the perfect soundtrack to this film. Because of course, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the thing is, like, with any kind of, I guess it's an it's an authorized film, but those films that aren't made by, say, WWE, etc. Um, you maybe have to rely on library music or um, on yeah. copyright music and stuff like that, but you have this wonderful soundtrack of these just yeah. crazy songs about, you know, that just yeah. accentuate Adrian's character. So, w- what did you know going into this in terms of what you could achieve?
1: To be honest with you, for me, like as I say, as a filmmaker, it's all about the story. Um, so if I come across something that I feel is um, compelling on so many levels I'll, I'll dig and dig and dig to find as much as I can about the person, um, just to see whether it's viable, to see what's around, what is, the, you know, I mean, just to kind of give myself some more understanding before I jump into doing a project. And I think, you know, research is important for any, anyone, whether it's a business that you're running or a film, it doesn't really matter research, research, research is kind of like, you know, the fundamental for anything. Um, and for me, I think that, um, initially when I came across Adrian, it was his image. Obviously, I think everybody can relate to seeing Adrian in his uh, flamboyant costumes and the fact that he was Welsh as well. I mean, you know, you see so many stories being made and I think that, you know, for a guy that came out of this village in the valleys, you know, to be catapulted into this, this world internationally as this flamboyant character, there was just something about it. And it was like, wow. You know, you're talking about someone from the 1950s going into the entertainment business from a coal mining family in the middle of nowhere that nobody would ever have known about. Um, His height went against him, everything you could possibly imagine. Yet, regardless of all of that, he pushed down all the barriers um, and anything that seemed conventional at the time and just, you know, just went off and did his own thing. And for me, as I say, when I was initially looking at him, that that was very very compelling um so from there then I reached out to Adrian um I was fortunate to have like a, a well, very lengthy Skype call with him when he was living in the States at the time and uh yeah it just kind of went from there it was a it was a lot of research as so I say his story is uh, he's got however many autobiographies now um, yeah. I think he may be moving on to like maybe I don't know another five <laughs> <laughs> after this um but yeah so for me it's it's not just about to say reading stories it's about speaking with him it's about you know looking at his pictures personality what's he about what the era in which he was living you know at the time when he was younger and there's just a whole raft of different things that you just got to pull together and see how you can take something and i think as i say for me as a filmmaker the the research inside of it is so fundamental um because ultimately there's going to be guys out there who are avid wrestling fans or who are, um, avid, I don't know, you know, glam rock fans and so on. So you want to get something right from the get go really. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those, it's been how many years now, about five years since I started speaking with Adrian. Um, so yeah, so it's been a long time and the documentary was only ever meant to be, um, as I say, it was only meant to reinforce the fact that Adrian's story is true I want to get that across to as many people as possible this isn't the work of fiction this is fact you know we, none of this is made up um yeah. so for me that that was kind of as i say the fundamental for making the documentary because out of this ideally what i want to be working on next is the drama on adrian's life um so <laughs> nice. it, it's okay. important to kind of establish you know that his as i say his story is real um before people watch any kind of drama because often people will come to assumptions and they'll just be like oh no you've just written that up or that's been put into a script no 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 every everything that we're doing is you know we're working directly with adrian and linda across everything um because ultimately it's their story at the end of the day um yeah. so yeah so it's one of those research research and research again and as i say i'm constantly learning stuff about adrian every single day Um there's always something new <laughs>
0: Um, when you first contacted Adrian because uh, I mean, it, you know, the fact that he has had several books out and stuff like that was he immediately up for doing this and was there anything that he felt maybe was a bit too emotional to talk about? Because I mean it, it seems like he's a, just a complete open book talking about the relationship with his dad which is something that mm-hmm. I like connect with and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, was there any was there anything that kind of like was a I, I guess you can't tell me if there was a no-go subject but it was there anything that k- kind of made him feel a bit uncomfortable I, th-
1: I think you know with any kind of story there's going to be things that you hold back and for me personally obviously you know that i want to only put out there you know how anything that's real about his life that adrian wants to speak about i'm i'll put out there if there's anything that adrian doesn't want out there, I'll be more than happy to leave out because obviously sensitive subjects for anyone, you know, it's, that's down to choice. And I think with Adrian, what I have been very fortunate with is that he has been very open with me. Um, As I say, I've been speaking with Adrian now for a number of years. This isn't just a a documentary that we made overnight or within like a couple of weeks. Uh, This is something, as I say, the documentary itself took three years in itself to make um so you know for me it's been really important to have adrian on board for him to watch it through to make sure that he's happy with everything um before we even had the first screening of the production we ensured that adrian watched it all the way through with linda um and that he signed it off and that he was happy with it um you know so the entire process has been more of a collaboration than just the case of me filming some interviews and having adrian sit down and you know that's it and i go off to the editing bay um so yeah, with regard to, as I say, the sensitive subjects and that, I've just been—I've been very fortunate that Adrian's been able to speak with me about that. But, like I say, that's—I don't want to really dwell too much on those aspects. I think it's more about Adrian's, um, as I say, his drive to kind yeah. of move forward and pursue his dreams, which is kind of what I want audiences to take away from that, um, from his early life, and just to show that it is possible no matter who you are if you've got a dream and that you want to achieve it you'll do anything anything to get there and it's not about how long it takes um it's about you know just constantly going after it and just never giving up
0: well part of the beauty of the film as well is that it is you know the the flaws are acknowledged you know the the things that he's had to um you know fight through all the things that he yeah. considers like imperfections in himself or whatever you know it, it it's kind of all out there and uh mm-hmm. you know and did adrian uh, realize i mean i guess he knows the impact that he has had on uh you know on pop culture and on wrestling as well but did yeah. he was he even surprised by his own standards when he saw people like wade barrett and mick foley etc saying such wonderful things about him when he watched the movie back
1: I I think it was quite emotional for him um, because we're talking about a man who's lived a very full and colourful life, who's done extraordinary things um, within the entertainment business. And as I say, just not just wrestling, he has gone far beyond that. And I think for him to hear um, from the voices of other people, um, not just, you know, well-known people, but there's other people now even coming forward on social media. And I think for him, to be able to read these comments, to hear it from, as I say, from other people, it's it's been an emotional process in the sense that he's, it's like an acknowledgement. Um, and even today, for people to be coming forward, younger generations as well, it just really shows the impact of, you know, what Adrian did in the business.
0: Yeah. And... and uh, sorry, go for it. No, no, go on. <laughs> oh, there was one uh, interview um, with... I believe it was one of the journalists who uh, you interviewed um, talking about how if Adrian was in today's wrestling world, that the character would work because he would push the right buttons and people would would boo him basically. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gay and you know I'm a I'm a wrestling fan and mm-hmm. um, I've chatted with a lot of uh, you know LGBT wrestlers as well, and there yeah. seems to be a lot more acceptance of the more colourful, flamboyant characters who don't mind going, you know, in certain areas with their character, you know, if yeah. it is a little if it is a little homoerotic or whatever, you know, if it kind of works for the character. It's not just like say exploiting it or, you know, just to be controversial or whatever. It kind of it actually helps the character and also yeah. it brings in a wider audience as well. I mean, have you um did Adrian ever talk about any, or has the film received feedback from, you know, members of the LGBTQ community?
1: To be honest with you, I've I've had so much feedback the last few days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, okay. try, I, I'm trying I'm trying to scroll through it every day at the moment. I don't think I've had uh, much rest to be honest because. Uh, at the moment, it seems to be by the hour we're getting something coming through. So, I, I'm I'm trying to be as engaged with the fans as I can um, in terms of responding. Um, you may have seen, you know, both Adrian and I are are doing our very best with regard to um, reaching out to fans. And I don't think you know, it's
0: this... I, I don't think it's out of the question or that someone who was so um, ahead of his time with that kind of character. Okay, he you know is not gay, um, but it kind of made things I mean it took a while but it has made things more acceptable because people yeah. look no one can say that Adrian Street isn't awesome just by looking at him you yeah. know and watching any of his matches and the fact that he is tough in real life as well and yeah. you know I think that that has you know it's played its part in mm-hmm. making the LGBTQ uh, wrestlers uh, such as Sonny Kiss and AEW and all that kind yeah. of thing more socially accepted to be honest
1: yeah like, yeah and I think what people have to remember as well with Adrian, it wasn't just an overnight, um, you know, that he just put on this gown. That, yeah. You know, I won't go into the documentary, but even with the documentary, we've only just scraped the surface. There's a lot of stuff that I have I personally as a filmmaker have, you know, held back because of things I want to put into the drama as well. But um, some people may have read it in the books. Um, I know I've had to... I've spoken with Adrian's family members as well um, and Adrian himself. Uh, but this is something that has been over time. It's, it's not just something that he just suddenly became interested in, you know, this whole flamboyant image. Adrian's always been an artist. Yeah. Uh, this isn't something, as I say, that was just a gimmick that came out of nowhere. From, he, from the, a boy, Adrian has always been in the centre of, <laughs> and he'll even tell you this. He is he is an artist in every sense of the word. Um, and I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really understand about him. They do see this as just a gimmick. That was just something. And it, it wasn't. This is something that is ingrained in Adrian in every aspect. And I think that that is lovely. Um, that somebody has... You know, he's not afraid to show that he is a very flamboyant character in every sense of the word. And I think, you know, with regard to, you know, you're talking the 1960s and 70s in the UK mm. when he was, <laughs> he was dressing up like he was and all of this. Yes, obviously, there's, there's things that are heightened, uh, you know, for being in, for, for the purposes of entertainment for television. However, Adrian literally pushed the boundaries so far. Yeah. um beyond what was ever imaginable and i think that to do that you know during a very controversial well in a controversial country at the time um where things weren't accepted i you know th- that says something about adrian <laughs> in itself uh, I, I
0: it, you 100% know
1: and and as you yeah. say in terms of paving the way for other people now and making it easier i would like to think that that has helped in you know either in one way or another, I really would like to think that there has been some sort of movement in which that that has helped start things. And it certainly did with the glam rock movement as well. Mm. Like he says in the documentary, as I say, I don't want to try and give away too much, but people may have already read this in his books as well. The likes of, um, he says, Elton John and so on have been inspired by him and his image. Uh, So, you know, there's so many, what's the word? I would say that Adrian's a chameleon, um, but, I'd like to think that, as I say, he's gone on to inspire a, a lot, a lot of people. Um, but this was definitely something that Adrian has been. It's not just something that's just happened overnight.
0: Oh I, uh, his
1: his his character development. I mean, it's, it's Adrian epitomises who he is. There is definitely only one Adrian Street. Um, say the <laughs> yeah, no. uh,
0: Do you think there was ever? Uh, did you ever get from him? I, I don't know if you would be the type to be sort of act, like sort of bitter, but when Adrian Street's lighting up the South in America and mm-hmm. just making a name for himself, but then at the same time WWF introduced adorable Adrian Adonis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was the kind? Did he ever talk about opportunities that he kind of missed out on because people kind of copied the gimmick, basically?
1: To be honest, I think the way Adrian sees it is that you know, well he says it himself. serious form of flattery and
0: all yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. He there is only one Adrian. Um anything else is inspired by anything else that he did. I, I can't really speak as I say for other companies or other, you know people that may have come before Adrian or whoever, but in terms of Adrian and his aesthetic and who he is and, you know, from the music to the costumes to how he made his entrances onto stage, the artwork, everything about Adrian, you know, the, the imitation really is the best form of flattery yeah. um, as far as Adrian is concerned. And to be honest with you, I agree with him. And I think that that, once again, is just a testament to who he is. Um, so, yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know I think I'd say it's it's not just uh it's not just uh I'd like to think that it's you know a lot of people have been inspired by Adrian I think that's only a good thing really uh,
0: absolutely and I mean again not going into the the movie itself too much but Mm. Mick Foley uh, does say that in WWE there were characters that WWE tried and McFoley referenced Adrian Street. It was just like, this is Adrian Street. Why don't you go all the way with it instead of trying to mm-hmm. hold back because you're worried about how it's going to be perceived? When Adrian was, you know, insanely either popular or hated, but he was getting people in the buildings and stuff like that. And yeah. there's um, one of Adrian's managers, uh, who's one of my favourite personalities, Jim Cornette. Um, yeah. He he tells a story on one of his interviews years ago. It's really funny because uh, <laughs> there's um. I think it's it's I think it's the lumberjack strap match that he was in. Where it, he just bleeds, he gets he's just looks like he's been ran through a razor blade factory, and he's just the blood the blood is everywhere, and he needs yeah. to go to a hospital. But Adrian and Linda drag him in the ring and start dancing around him like a maypole, <laughs> which is just like the, the image of that. <laughs> it's so, but the thing is as well, like when in. 97, when the Goldust character became more controversial, he became the artist formerly known as Goldust. Jim Cornette had mm-hmm. an article in uh, the the WWF Raw magazine at the time, a full article. And if you've never seen this, I'll have to send it over to you. But it it was called "The More Things Change, the More They Stay the Same." And there's a full picture of Adrian next to a full picture of uh, Goldust um and goes into the history of uh adrian street and everything as well so you know it, 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 people I, I hope that this film does this and it does you know in my opinion but like i hope that this and everything else going forward really makes people realize how important adrian is
1: yeah yeah no i totally agree and i think you know once again it's not just about what he did for wrestling it's pop culture as a whole in the UK and beyond. Um, And I'd like to think that there's going to be others out there that can watch this who aren't wrestling fans, who are literally, you know, they'll come away from it and feel inspired that as I say, anything in in life is possible. If you just put your mind to it um you, you just know. need to
0: see a picture of adrian on uh google play or whatever on the thumbnail and you're just going to be like what is this like this yes. looks so <laughs> interesting. even if you know nothing at all just the name of the um the name of the, the the movie um you know that will that will completely draw you in um with with wwe did it surprise you that they made a small documentary on adrian at the same time and did that hinder things
1: to be honest with you, we'd completed our production um, in May. Well, no, we, we completed our production in April um, and we had our first public screening in May. Um, and we were fortunate that uh, WWE were aware of our production as well. Um, and some of the wrestlers came along to the screening as well, which is really nice. Mm. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I can only focus on our production Um I'm I've made this production pretty much as I say with a, a very, very small theme. I who's <laughs> so small I can count them on one hand. Um so for me, the, my, the credits my, I'm, weren't
0: long, the credits weren't long at the end. <laughs>
1: no, no, the uh, as I say, all my my energy and you know it's it's one of those where my energy really has been just focused into our production and making sure that our production is put out there for everyone to see. And as an independent filmmaker, I didn't work for any kind of major corporation or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot harder to try and get something out there for the world to see. Um, as I say, this isn't just like something that just happened overnight. This has been a lot of planning. Um, so for me, it's just, it's been more about just trying to focus on that than anything else.
0: Um, well, well, not that WWE could have, but it's nice that they didn't, even remotely try and get in your way with this, or so, you know, even if the 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 project was finished before theirs was finished, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I I've seen things of you know the the bigger company try and you know squash the little man basically, um, yeah. and it's it is is really nice that and to be honest and it is. The the WWE network documentary is good, but it's very very short. So yeah. I would treat it as like just a taster for what yeah. this uh, documentary is because again the amount of um, the amount of research, the amount of amazing photographs that I've never seen before, um, some really cool footage, all of the great music as well. It, it's it's just such a a lovely, positive, wild documentary about this just crazy character um, yeah. that that really does have to be seen to be believed. And I know we're giving it the hard sell, <laughs> but, you
1: know,
0: like, but, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, especially if you're a British wrestling fan, you have to see it. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's believable. And even if you're a fan of, you know, Mick Foley, you, you know, to see Foley talk so passionately about what Adrian meant to him, I think is worth watching as well, because, yeah you know, he couldn't have been more, um, strong in his, you know, conviction talking about, uh, about Adrian. And, um, yes. I mean, was, was it, did you have people wanting to jump on this documentary for interviews or did you have to sort of reach out?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, um, Mick came to me, which was lovely. Um, Mm. so as I say that there's just so much in this documentary that I would have liked to have added, um, but having to try and condense something down to like only, well, just over an hour and 10, I think it's an hour and, uh, sorry, 72 minutes in total. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it was pretty hard going, but yeah, Mick, uh, reached out to me, uh, predominantly, not just because, you know, Adrian and, uh, Linda were mixed or are mixed friends. Uh, but Adrian actually taught Mick, um, a lot of, his wrestling moves and a lot about the wrestling game when he was younger, um, as well as many others with his, um, his skull crushes, uh, wrestling school that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so there's just, there's, there's, so many, as I say, there's so many stories and, um, other bits and pieces that I really wanted to include, but just wasn't able to. So the fact that we were able to have Mick involved, um, was wonderful as i say he he reached out to us he really wanted to be part of it and likewise so did everybody else as well so <laughs> it's uh it, it, it wasn't a hard to sort of uh as i say to coach people to get in front of the camera <laughs> uh to, um, <laughs> to uh have a chat about adrian uh i pretty well, sure that so uh, there was a few other people that we could have <laughs> we yeah. could have interviewed along the way but uh yeah it's, it's just one of those we, we got to kind of sort of put a stop <laughs> at
0: some point so <laughs> like we the can thing, draw the line <laughs> the thing is as well they're not none of the people that you interview are trying to put themselves over as well they are just full of just love and admiration for yeah. adrian um yeah whether you had to cut out the putting themselves over or not <laughs> that might be a no, different <laughs>
1: to be honest with you i've got the, the we've got hours and hours and hours of footage and not one person talks about themselves that's genuine hand on heart everybody is in, in this production because they want to be part of it and that's you know as a filmmaker you can wish for more um because it is then a true account of adrian's life um you know i i if people didn't believe me I could show them you know hours of footage as I say of people just talking and talking and talking and it's literally it's just even with Mick there was just so much there's just so much that I wish I could have included but you know maybe we'll save that for another time shall we
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So did, 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 did did Covid hinder your plans for how you wanted to release the film
1: it, yeah, it did a little bit. Um, we were hoping to have had this out earlier in the year. Um but yeah. as we all know, a wonderful worldwide virus uh, hit <laughs> us all and uh, scuppered plans for many would it, of us. So. Would, <laughs> it,
0: would, it, would it have hit cinemas, like independent cinemas? Or? Um,
1: to be honest with you, it's one of those. I wanted to try and get it out there as soon as possible. Okay. Um, so a theatrical release would have been nice, but then realistically with everything that's going on in the way that the, the film industry is changing in terms of how people are viewing production these days. Um, for me, it was more important to be able just to get it out there. Um, it's something that the fans have been waiting for for a very long time. Um, so I was very aware of that as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, the filmmaking game is a, is a totally different ball game in its own right. And I think making this production as well, um, I probably could have written a book on <laughs> How we got to where we are today, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, it's one of those. I'm, I'm just glad that people are now able to view it, um, you know, let's say about a year after. <laughs> mm. Eventually, after we had our first screening, thanks to this virus, it would have been earlier. But things happen. We work around it.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that, that was the thing I immediately noticed. I was like, well, Mick's hair's a little greyer now than it was in the yeah, documentary. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, you could say that. Maybe, I don't know, because he, uh, he's also Father Christmas as well. So uh, maybe he's true. preparing, ready for uh, winter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say as well, when you talk about Adrian being an artist and this really is a part of him, Um, mm-hmm. the first scene where he stood outside uh, talking, he's wearing a wonderful fur jacket um
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i mean what yeah. is his wardrobe just is that it is that just kind of what his wardrobe it's, is generally
1: it's, adrian as i say epitomizes adrian <laughs> he is adrian streets every single day
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: all i can say if anybody thinks that this is just something that is just no it's it's not a put on this this is adrian streets the man that you see is who he is um and I think that's really wonderful, um, in every sense of the word. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So yeah, that fit that fur jacket is uh, has been worn a few times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when when um, you are entering this world of Adrian Street and Linda, um, mm-hmm. obviously very welcoming people, but at the same time they seem very no nonsense um, yep. in their approach as well. So. Um, I'm guessing, you know, we've, we've talked about that you were sort of accepted into their world sort of thing. But was – I can imagine the house just being the most colourful – because, I mean, she – Linda also makes uh, costumes as well, so I can imagine just material just everywhere, just kind of yeah. like a, a real sort of studio kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what it was like?
1: As I, as I say, they are – if you can imagine an artist – um at work every day that's Adrian and Linda as well both of them are um incredible people and there's there's stories behind every piece of artwork there's stories behind every costume it's um yeah as I say it would barely scrape the surface I think to be honest with you there's definitely there could be another <laughs> sequel made out of this documentary that just goes into Adrian the artist um as I say the painter or the musician um but yeah, he, his his house is as colourful as he is, um, and it's it's nice because I say it's it is him. There's yeah. nothing about Adrian and his world that is he he is who he is, um, and I think that that's great. Um, you know, anything else that people may think that as I say that is is put on is really it's really not. Um, <laughs>
0: The the thing after watching the movie as well, and especially watching uh, Linda's interviews, is now I really want the Adrian Street albums on vinyl,
1: because
0: um, <laughs> like she was, it was good product placement. Like these need to be re-released. I th- I'm almost certain. Yeah. I mean, does he talk about his, um, is like for stuff that wasn't in the documentary, or whatever, in terms of his music, mm-hmm. um, because you you go massively into it as well. And you do, yeah chat to his collaborators and everything and i'm so glad you did because that is such an important part of what adrian street was um does he talk about i mean could we see these on itunes anytime soon that would be wonderful like
1: that's something you'd have to ask adrian (laughs) producer um I, I stick to the filmmaking. <laughs> 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 I, I make the moving pictures. No, I, I think that's something that um, the fans will have to reach out and ask Adrian and his uh, music producer about. Um, I, believe go, they, I believe they were released on... I can't remember who they were with now, but I believe they were released... Um, I can't remember where now. They were, they were, re- they were
0: re- re-released not that long ago in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the vinyl would be tremendous. Okay, yep. now Def- I'm not saying we should. for
1: the fans. <laughs> well, that's the I'm
0: not saying we should all bombard Adrian's uh, inbox at this point, but um, <laughs> we, should, we should definitely start a petition to get some of this music out there because it is, it's all in character and it's just it's one and and really really catchy. That's the thing. Like yep. there is yep. there is a musical substance to it as well. Like he sings in harmonies and you know, yep. um, in terms of like his does he rate himself as a singer or
1: to be honest with you as i say adrian is everything that he, he, <laughs> he, he he's the singer he's an artist he is an entertainer he is ev- ev- everything everything hmm. um he's he's got his own mind and that's you know he follows that and that's what he does so um yeah i, I do think there should be some kind of campaign i think to get his music back out there Particularly with the sort of music that we hear this day and age, with uh, (laughs) that's being released. (laughs) And if it's of anything, I've, I've you know since making the film, I've got a number of his tracks. That I linked onto my phone at the moment so every time I go in my car yeah you'll hear me singing along to uh breaking bones and so on and so forth which is uh yes sweet <laughs> transvestite from <now>. <laughs>
0: broken nose and stuff you, like you, that you know Yeah, you'd
1: be surprised when I'm at the traffic lights <laughs> and what goes on and what other people may hear coming out of my car so
0: oh <laughs> uh, wonderful so um just to kind of um to tie up a few uh things in terms of uh, your background as well so you didn't necessarily get a formal education in media training you you went straight into work placement because i i wanted to get into radio like a long time ago and um the only kind of avenues to remotely begin to learn was to do media courses and stuff but there was so um i'm trying to think of the word technology was moving so quickly that the yeah. the equipment that you were learning on just wasn't relevant anymore and then by the time you, okay you may have a foundation degree or whatever but it was kind of useless because you yeah. weren't doing anything in the real world so was that
1: well I I say I started when I was 15 but it was you know when I was in school the it's mandatory that you go on a work placement um well it was when I was uh That's right, I in, I went in to... secondary school so it was a, uh, it was one of those so on the, the tops of my list was go into tv because I really wanted to go into animation at the time that was kind of my goal that as you say, technology was moving so rapidly, uh, you know, we were going from celluloid and, you know, just cell drawing animation to digital. Um, that was the new thing. Uh, and for me, you know, I, I still like the classic Disney hand-drawn animations, as it were. So that was a bit of a, a disappointment to say the least to a 15-year-old who'd had their heart set on, wanted to be an animator <laughs> and to work in TV. But yeah, so that was kind of how it started. And then... Um, I went to college, just like many of us do. I did my A-levels. Media studies was one of those, along with art, graphics, and I can't even remember what I studied now. (laughs) (laughs) Art, graphics, textiles, media studies. I think there's there's four three COVID or four anyway. Stayed, is,
0: staying in the house during COVID yeah. has made me forget what day it is. Yeah, so. I I don't even
1: know what day of the week it is. No, <laughs> what what year are we in? Twenty twenty still? Oh really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that as I say, then I went on another work placement with the same television company uh, when I was in college. Um, being the type of person that I was, I was keen to go back, um, <laughs> and then we hit recession uh, unfortunately in. In the uh, late 2000s, and I think it was like 2007, um, when things were changing from apprenticeships into going to university, so universities were really pushed on a lot of us at the time. So film studies back then was quite new. Um, so I went to university in London to study film, um, not practical film, film studies, um, practical film as part of the course. Um, and I pretty much from my first year decided that I wanted to be a film director. So <laughs> nice. so it was it, it, in my mind, what I was back then was pretty much what I wanted to be. Um, I had my head set on it, as I say, from, from a young age. It wasn't something that I just kind of fell into. Um, I was trying to freelance um, from the age of 17. I'd actually managed to... I don't know what I was doing, but with the technology department where they used to hire out the camera kits and sound kits and everything, I used to take those out on a regular basis just to go off and shoot outside of my studies, Um, you know, just odd jobs here and there, just to try and get involved with different companies and different things that were going on. Um, So yeah, I've I've been pretty much with a camera in hand for as long as I can remember really every day. So it's something I eat, sleep and breathe.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I agree. You have to to eat, sleep and breathe just from personal experience and and friends who also did media studies and then kind of, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, it being being from Newcastle and the kind of like things we were taught and things that were going out of date pretty quickly and all that kind of thing, it drove a lot of people away and there was those who stuck at it, ended up working for BBC, etc. And you have shown that you know sticking with it has
1: yeah been I very think,
0: very worthwhile and, uh, I think a lot and of put the, also because you want to do it
1: yeah yeah and I think a lot of students these days they go into courses thinking that they'll come out of it with a job yeah. and unfortunately the entertainment business doesn't work like that you've got to graft it's a lot of grafting and unless you put in the time Um, you know it's down to you really whatever you want to get out of life and that's the same for anything whatever it is that you want to achieve it's down to you ultimately to make that happen no one's going to hand it to you on a plate and I think for me I learned that the hard way very early on with what I was doing Um, so for me it was more than just focusing on my studies it was also dedicating myself to like um, getting myself out there getting my name known working hard um, not partying (laughs) far from partying (laughs) <laughs> um it was a just you see that some of the some of the stuff that students do these days i'm just like oh, gosh I'd no <laughs> <laughs>
0: really um
1: no it's it was far 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 from that um you know and it, a lot of it was getting as much work placements as possible it was you know working for peanuts quite literally um yep. that's no new thing even in this day and age um you know it's it's, it's a lot of hard work, and I think for me it was, and it still is, it's a case of um, being committed wholeheartedly to what it is that you want to do. And I think, as I say, that's kind of partly as well why I resonated with Adrian's story is because he independently went out and did what he wanted to do, and he had to do it that way. He had to make a point in going out there and to you know really show who he was to the world. He had nobody else to help him do that, only him. And likewise, it's been exactly the same for me. You know, yes, I could go off and work for another company. Yes, I could, you know, dabble in this and that. However, if I want to, you know, put myself out there on a world platform, the only person who's going to be able to do that as a filmmaker is me. Um, So it's down to me to find these stories. It's down to me to kind of put in the time. Um, It's not down to anybody else. Nobody else is going to sort of give this to me. Uh, So, yeah, it's... It's one of those every day I'm waking up and there's something there's always something which is a good thing because I love it and I think that's ultimately as I say the same for anything in life if you if you want to do something you just got to commit yourself in with everything that you do to that and uh, yeah I don't think I can add.
0: That. yeah i don't think i can <laughs> add anything more to that that's uh that's wonderful and there's certainly the love and the passion um and just like i say the attention to detail and just how fun that's the thing as well yeah. this documentary is so fun um yeah yeah and... it was
1: a lot of fun to make
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely it definitely comes through um and um so where where can people uh, find your other work where can people find you if they want to contact you or find the adrian pages etc there'll be links below the show as well
1: um, the easiest one at the moment for the Adrian um, production I so say I've, I've trying to it wasn't meant to have like a dedicated page. so the the Adrian documentary can be found on our, our Facebook page just titled Adrian Adrian film I think it is and likewise on Twitter um, We also have a website which we're still working on. I'm not the best web developer in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but we do have a website called uh, exoticadrianstory.com which is dedicated for the documentary specifically. Um, And then there's a website for myself then, which is just Um, and Yeah, you can find out about me on there.
0: (laughs) Wonderful. So Joanne Randalls documentary, the incredible true story of a wrestling pioneer. You may be pretty, but I am beautiful. The Adrian true story is out now on Google Play, Prime Video, Spectrum, and other platforms coming soon. Um, And that's, that's worldwide as well and uh, yes. it's not at the moment though is it there's certain countries that are
1: there's a couple of countries only because of just the platform regulations and changes and so on but the mm. majority is it's out there and um, we're working on the other ones as well so we'll keep everybody posted as and when um, those changes are available as i say and we're hoping for dvds as well later on oh. so yeah that's so what i was gonna ask okay. we'll <laughs> <laughs> try not leave everybody out I'm, I'm thinking about stuff all the time yeah so i'm on it <laughs>
0: beautiful i love it i love everything about it right okay well thank you joanne um and we will talk soon when the dvd's out hopefully maybe a part two fantastic (laughs) excellent okay thank you very much
1: no problem